And in the stress list this morning from Deschutes County Health Services, Sarah Van Meter is in. She's Immunization Program Coordinator. Sarah, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for coming in today. I appreciate that. So, uh, first of all, tell me a little bit about you and how you ended up uh, being the Immunization Program Coordinator. Um, early on, I was an OR nurse, both at OHSU and here at St. Charles in the cardiothoracic surgery department. And in the years since, having children, I got back into work in different clinics around Central Oregon and then eventually ended up being a COVID hotline operator for Deschutes County. And from there, I joined the vaccination team and we went from Lapine to Redmond to Sisters. And that's where I found myself in this position because it was um, so nice to, to meet the people in Central Oregon who wanted to, to be vaccinated and it was inspiring. So school exclusion day comes around every year. Every year we, we bring this up. So explain exactly what that is. So um, coming this February 21st, um, we'll see, so Oregon state law requires that all children that go to public, private schools, preschools, Head Start programs, and um, certified child care facilities need to have up-to-date documentation for certain vaccines that help prevent serious illnesses. And usually at the beginning of the school year, um, parents bring in the immunization forms to the schools so that the schools can have up-to-date information. And um, it's this time of year that we gather up that information, we send it into the state. So the kids need to be up to date on their MMR, measles, mumps, rubella, the DTaP, which is diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis, hepatitis A and B, polio, and the haemophilus influenza type B, and varicella, which is chickenpox. Okay. So those are the ones that we are specifically looking for. Do we have a, a large number or a small number of kids that uh, don't have vaccinations yet? It's, it's a little early to tell. Um, on February 21st, that's the date that I should have all my numbers back to me so that I can send it on to the state. We'll get reports back from the state in the early spring to see what's happening. But um, largely, there's a large number of non-medical exemptions that I see coming across. Um, and what those are, well, there's... There's three different types of exemptions. That's so right. what are they? So we have um, two types of medical exemptions. There's permanent and temporary, and both of these have to be signed documentation from a physician that states that a child should not receive one or more of the immunizations, and this might be because there's a medical condition that puts them at risk if they receive the vaccine. And the permanent one is that's, of course, a medical condition that's not going to change in the future. Um, and then the temporary would be for a reason not to immunize, immunize because it's just a short-term um, medical problem that's expected to resolve in the future. Um, so those would be on the medical side of things. The, the non-medical exemption is that Oregon is one of the states that allows for um, parents, guardians, or even the student themselves, if they're 15 years or older, to apply for a non-medical exemption, and it could be because they have a personal, religious, or philosophical reason for not having their child vaccinated. Um, but this requires them to present two forms to the school or the child care facility. 
one of the forms has to be the certificate of immunization status, and um, this is going to specify which particular vaccines they are withholding from their child and um, what possible vaccines that they also may have received. The certificate, or excuse me, the um, second certificate that the schools need to see is the vaccine education certificate. And this shows that the parents have discussed the risks and benefits of those vaccines with their healthcare providers, or um, they've watched the online vaccine education model. Do we have many people that choose the non-medical exemption route? Quite a few. Really? Yeah. Okay. For Deschutes County or State of Oregon? Or? Um, state of Oregon in general. Uh, there's, as I was telling you earlier, um, in we're second in the nation next to Idaho in the amount of non-medical exemptions that, that we're seeing. So. Some parents, and I, I don't know if these are still in style, but, you know, let's just have a chicken pox party and, <laughs> you know, bring all the kids over and play together and we'll get them over that. Does that still happen, and is it effective? Uh, not to my knowledge, um, but but not as e- effective as the varicella vaccine. It's much safer, <laughs> more in, allows us to be more in control. What kind of things do you tell parents who are reluctant or hesitant to go the vaccine route? Well, I I try to remind them. I I. I respect people's decisions, but I also try to remind them to to be aware of what's happening, um, not just locally, but nationwide. Um, I, I try to encourage them to be as educated as possible um, because in case there is an outbreak of disease, the school administration in consultation with us, the local pub- public health department, um, has the right to send children home that are susceptible to the disease. And um, actually, just last week on the 25th, the CDC issued a message to stay alert for the measles cases because between December 1st of 2023 and just last week, uh, the CDC was notified that there was 23 confirmed U.S. cases of measles. Um, And most of these cases were amongst children and adolescents who have not yet received a measles-containing vaccine. Do we have any of these measles cases in our area? Uh, well, we're keeping a close eye right now on southwest Washington because it's playing out in real time. Um, there's been three lab-confirmed cases and three epidemiologically linked cases of measles amongst unvaccinated adults. And um, it's just one of a few of the outbreaks uh, that we've seen this past year in the U.S. We've been keeping a close eye because... Um, these lagging vaccination rates are likely the cause. Most people can recover from a measles infection, but it can lead to serious complications like hearing loss and pneumonia, encephalitis or brain inflammation, and even death. And it's very highly contagious. Um, and of course, those most susceptible to measles infection always include the unvaccinated children, um, unvaccinated adults, and um, even our at-risk populations. So we can't get complacent? No, not uh, at all. These, these uh, diseases, these so-called childhood diseases, are still around and still active. Exactly, yes. So you were involved with, uh, by the way, we're talking to uh, Sarah Van Meter. She's Immunization Program Coordinator for Deschutes County Health Services here on FM News 100.1 and 1110 KVND. Since you were involved with giving those who wanted them the COVID shot during the pandemic, 
Has, just as a general observation, has the reluctance and the, all the talk that went on during the, the uh, pandemic regarding vaccinations, has that had an effect on the number of people who maybe are a little reluctant now to get regular vaccines that we always kind of took for granted? It could be. We're still trying to suss that out. We're trying to see what the numbers are doing. I don't know if there was vaccine fatigue, you know, because we were lucky enough to have such a great amount and and clinics widely available that now um, that the COVID scare isn't so much in our faces, I, I feel like people have really backed off. And so... It'll be interesting to see what happens in the time to come, what what parents decide to do. The uh, For those parents who do want to get immunizations for their kids, where can they go? What, what do they need to do? We have lots of options. Um, first and foremost, I always ask that people go and see their primary care physician. That's the great, that's a great place to start. If you end up getting um, an exclusion letter in the mail, uh, I would move on it rather quickly. And if you can't get into your physician quickly enough, we have a bunch of school-based um, health centers. We have one here in Bet- at Bend High. In Redmond, we have M.A. Lynch Elementary and Redmond High, Sisters High School, and the Lapine Student-Based Health, Student-based health Center. Uh, we recommend you call for an appointment, but children from the ages of zero on up to 18 can be seen, and services won't be denied um, based on insurance coverage or ability to pay. We also have myself at the Deschutes County Clinic Courtney Building. Uh, just give us a call, schedule an appointment. And then, of course, there's also the local pharmacies that supply vaccine to children um, seven years and older. The uh, vaccinations, uh, once once they get that letter, is there a, a time allowed to get it done or, or the child is going to be excluded? Um, yeah, so the exclusion date is February 21st. Oh, okay. That's the date that all the updated immunization records need to be into the schools no later than the 21st. Before would be preferred, but um, it's on that date. If things are not up to date, then the child is not allowed to go to school or to the child care facility. And if people have questions or concerns, who should they go see? They should see me. Oh, okay. well, or their primary care physician. They, they can start with their primary care physician if they want to talk to them um, more specifically about vaccine. Uh, but also, they can talk to their schools. I, I recommend they go to their schools first with all of the information. If there's questions that the school can't answer, I would love to have them call me. Um, we do have a Deschutes County School Law information line that they can call at 541-322-7451, and I'd be happy to talk to them. All right. Sarah Van Meter, she's the Immunization Program Coordinator for Deschutes County. Sarah, great to have you in. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. FM News 100.1 at 1110 KBND.